0: Pet Care Rockstars is brought to you by.
1: Do you have a pet care business but need a website? Well, look no further than the Pet Care Rockstars website solution. We can deliver to you a fast-loading, mobile-optimized website that's also SEO friendly. Your customers will love our websites, and you'll love the affordability. We'll also give you all the tools you need to easily maintain your website, even if you have little technical knowledge. Go to PetCareRockstars.com/slash/websites now to get more information.
0: Welcome to Pet Care Rockstars. Solid advice you can implement into your own pet care business today. Whether you're just starting out, getting ready to grow or ready to scale. You'll hear firsthand from Pet Care Rockstars who've been down this path before, including what worked, what didn't and some tools you'll need for your awesome journey. Now the host of Pet Care Rockstars, Dave Westwood.
1: Everybody and welcome to Pet Care Rockstars. My guest today is the owner of Walk with Renzo and Ruby, and it's a Washington D.C.-based dog walking company that she has grown and scaled throughout the past four years. Uh, during that time, she's managed to be able to do that what many business owners have had a difficult time doing, and that's being able to run the business without really working in the business full time. She's spending her time right now traveling around the country in an RV. I, Kind of caught her on a break while, while she's home. and Despite this, her business is still thriving. It's really my pleasure to welcome Natasha O'Banion to the show. Natasha, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show today.
2: Hi, Dave. No star. problem. Thank you for having me, and so congratulations to starting your podcast. This is so awesome for you.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, I know you and I have had quite a few conversations about it, and it's kind of great to get off the ground, and you were definitely one of the people uh, that I wanted to get on the show. So, uh, because I think you have a super story, and um, I I could pretty just go through it, but why don't we hear from you? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in this crazy world of uh, dog walking.
2: (laughs) Okay, it is a crazy world. So um, I actually come from the automotive industry. So my background is finance, accessories, administrative service, and HR. So I started in the car business when I was about fifteen years old. Still full-blown millennial. <laughs> um, and luckily, in the automotive industry, there's like no discrimination as far as like moving up. So if you want to do it and you show interest in doing something, they'll train you. They'll cross-train you. They'll put you in a new department. So I luckily got a lot of information and training and experience from being in the automotive industry as far as sales, marketing, customer service, admin, HR. Um, So I was actually pretty lucky, I would say, coming into the pet world, (laughs) kind of having that experience already. Um, So that did help me a lot kind of get the footprint in. Um, after my 13 years in automotive, I ended up being a finance manager and they always say, you know, look around in the room and see whose job you want next. And if you don't see anyone's job you want next, it's probably time to go. So that was kind of my, my awakening to say, you know what? I should probably start doing something else. Um, so I went into my boss's office. I was like, listen, next week is going to be my last week. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> he's like, we love it here. You love with us, right? I'm like I do. You guys are wonderful, but you know what? I just feel it in my heart, my gut, that my time is up. I got to do something else. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I'm doing, but I just know in my faith base that it's that my time is up. So I end up taking a sabbatical. I'm from Washington D.C. Um, at that time, it was like cold winter, so I was already going through like, oh god, I don't want to be here. <laughs> no. So I literally gave away everything in my apartment. I packed up my two dogs, Renzo and Ruby, and my pug and my Frenchie. And we drove down to Miami Beach and we had an awesome time. Like that was that reset button that I needed to just breathe and hang out and recollect and think. And it was awesome. And I was loving my life. I was like, (laughs) you know what, this is the gig right here. What, What can I do to keep me doing this? So I just kind of sat down and a lot of mentors I've had in the past, they say, you know what, the happiest person just is honest with themselves and says, you know, what is it that you like to do? You know, what is it that brings you joy and fulfillment? And just hanging out with my dogs was like my first thing. I was like, (laughs) well, with Renzo and Ruby, we live in a pretty good life here. Let's just keep this going. So I decided that I was going to start a dog walking business. Now, I've already had dog walkers of my own. So previously, I was already a client. Um, working in the automotive industry, I needed someone to take care of my babies. So I hired walkers. I was familiar with how they operated, how they worked. I was familiar with the pieces that I liked in the service, and I was familiar with pieces that I didn't like in the service. So it kind of gave me like a little blueprint to decide like, how I wanted to lay this all out. Um, so I ended up coming back to Washington, D.C. after about five months. You know, I knew that I wanted to start it in my hometown. It just I knew the market was right here. <laughs> so I, I always tell people, you know, anytime you start a business, for sure, like research your market, research where you are to make sure, you know, it's going to be successful. So D.C. was the spot. Um, so, yeah, I came back and start hitting the pavement on it. I researched. I you know, went out in my area. I had lived in luxury, um, communities, you know, while I was working. So that was like my first game plan to kind of go to that community. Cause that's where I was, right. I was the client. <laughs> so I basically went back after myself. Um, and that was crazy. So thank God I ended up, you know, pulling six figures out in six months and it was actually five months and three weeks. That I was like, you know what, I still want to kind of keep the lifestyle that I'm used to, you know, if I'm going to do this dog thing, I got to really pump it out. So I did that. I put the sales to the pedal, the marketing to the pedal, and you know, we we, we brought out. <laughs> so that brought me into the dog walking business. The company, as you said, it's called Walk with Renzo and Ruby. And that was really naming the company on my path. You know, I walked the light, I walked it out with my dogs, I came into my own, and I wanted to continue the walk with Renzo and Ruby. So what better name? <laughs> <laughs> Those are my babies there. Um, and it's been awesome. So now we're at about year four. So we started our traveling journey at year three. Fast forward before, let me tell you the funniest is, started a dog walking company, six months, hit six figures, another six months, get pregnant. (laughs) Another one year after that, wait for the baby to come. So then I'm like, all right, I got to really nail this down. I got to get my game plan going. I got to get my process, my procedure, because, you know, when you have babies, you don't really know what's going to happen or, you know, what they're going to bring to you. So, I really buckled down and I think uh, I was kind of shocked when I was pregnant because it was a surprise. I was like, dang it, I just birthed one baby. Now I got to birth another one. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing the back-to-back just yet. But it was awesome because through that process, I really found out and realized you know, that I need to get prepared. I need to make sure the baby's together, the business is together. And through that, allowed me to kind of walk away. And I wanted to be the best mom that I could be. So the preparation was for me to put my, my next game plan into my own child. So game plan was to not work the car business hours, not grind till I die for the rest of my life, not get burnt out. So for me, you know, how I managed the company, how I manage my clients was fairly easy because I knew where I was in the automotive industry. And I knew where I didn't want to go again in my next business. So burnout was not going to happen over here. <laughs> hiring, hiring somebody immediately was my first game plan. Like I need a team, I need a staff. And crazily, I knew a bunch of bartender friends that I, you know, grew up with in my area. So I'm like, listen, you guys, you know, do bar back, you know, do bottle service in the afternoon but what are you doing in the day? And they're like, you know, we're not doing anything. And I said, boom, first employees (laughs) are going to be my own people. So they really helped me get the business up and going and, you know, start the hiring process, like from day one and, you know, getting a manager in there so we can say, you know what, now it's time to travel and enjoy our family. And do our next bucket list that we've been wanting to do, and that's to see the world. So via RV, via cruise ship, or via plane, that's, that's, that's my next goal.
1: There you go. I, I don't need <laughs> I pretty much just answered every question I have. So. <laughs> yeah. But I'm still going to go through some stuff here. So, okay. you know, when you're starting your business, and, and that's the one thing I did want to talk to you about, you know, Most people that start a pet sitting business or really any business, you know, they're fully working in it. They're doing that grind, that grind that you said, hey, I don't want to do this. I don't want to burn myself out. I've been there, done that. Um, Especially when it's like, okay, I'm trying to make money here and, you know, put a roof over my head and, you know, feed my kid and, you know, all that. There's obviously that urge to say, well, hey, you know, if I'm paying a sitter and I'm losing half my money right so mm-hmm. w- what was your strategy and, and and why didn't you go that route I, you know that I think a lot of people fall into that trap <laughs> yeah
2: so I think we did have like a nice healthy balance so when we first started we did a uh, day dog walking and then we also did sleepovers and so our sleepovers were a huge hit because naturally we already had the relationship with the client you know we walk your dog all day every day when you go out of town, why not keep it going? So we end up hosting majority of the sleepovers, my husband and I. So although we could outsource our dog walking, no problem. We could still live happily off of our sleepovers. And, you know, when you are in a dense city and you know, the clients are referral based and, you know, they're referring you to the next person, you know, in DC, it's a very transit city. So most people who live here are not from here. So sleepovers were popping for us. So a lot of our income I was able to house just by hosting the sleepovers. Now, starting off in my first six months, I was still doing dog walking, no problem. Um, even the, until I got pregnant, I was still walking until about eight months into the pregnancy. Um, but it was not that I needed to do it. So that's the kind of thing that people wanna plan for. If I break a leg, if I get sick, if you know, I have an injury, do I need to walk dogs or do I have backup? And so that's kind of like the game plan that I think people should probably go into. Um, because in the beginning, until you get your business up, you know, you're going to have to do the work, but you want to have a plan to immediately get out of it because, again, anything could happen to all of us. And I really think that market research, like after being in the business for four years and thinking about how I've done it and hearing other people's stories, I really feel like my you know, my kind of like leg up was that market research, you know, if I'm trying to be a country music star, you know, am I going to blow up in DC? No. <laughs> so, you know, where should I be with this industry to make sure that the clients that I'm looking for are going to be here? Um, and I think that's sometimes what a lot of the suburban based businesses forget too, because you have to drive and you need mileage, and time is money. And, you know, we only have like four hours to get this done. Right. <laughs> so, how are we going to get this done in four hours if I have to drive to, you know, Rover's house, Bella's house, Chloe's house, Fido's house, you know, that's money. So I think being in the city, it really, really helps. And, and I try to make sure other sitters and walkers know that Where they are like, you know what, how is your business doing this? And my business isn't doing this. I say, listen, you cannot compare. So stop comparing because you're in a different market. It's different. So, I have a lot of great friends who really enjoy this lower market because that's where they are in their lives. They're like, listen, I got my good 30 clients. This is a cush for me. You know, I'm walking them and you know, I have a couple backups and they're completely happy. They can even tell their clients that, you know, what? I'm going on a vacation. You're not going to have me for a week. And their clients are like, cool, <laughs> you know, because that's the relationship that they've, that they've made. So it's just different. Now, if I told my clients that they'd be like, what, What what do you mean? Um, So it's, it's just different. And again, I would just say number one in starting a dog walking business is do market research. And right with that number one is know yourself, know your game plan and what you want to get out of it. You know, it's different.
1: Yeah, definitely. And as someone who owns a suburban based dog walking business, I can definitely relate to all the driving and some of the other things. Um, But obviously, I mean, market research, being in metropolitan Washington, D.C., is huge in getting to six figures in six months. What are some of the other things you did to kind of get there? Um, Because there's a lot of competition because of the density, right?
2: For sure. So number one is like, take some acting classes or social classes, if you are kind of an introverted person. So they always say, you know, when you're in a lion's den, it's like, what are you going to (laughs) do? So when the market is the way it is, I think, you know, coming from a sales and marketing background, I do like, I'm not afraid of anything. I don't, someone could tell me, no, probably five to 10 times but I don't really hear it because I'm so used to hearing it from being in the sales world. And I don't even take offense to it. I don't take it personal. Sometimes I don't even know someone told me no, because I'm not used to hearing it, you know, in that way, they probably said, no, 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 Natasha. No, no, no. And I was like, wait, but anyhow, so how can we get this going for you? (laughs) You know, but that's kind of how I was programmed. And I think um, there's a lot of introverted um, dog walkers, right? We kind of get into this business sometimes because we say, Oh, I hate people, I'd love dogs more. You know, I just want to do dogs, I don't want to do people. But like 100% of this business is the people, <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, you're gonna walk a dog, and everybody can do that, but you have to enjoy working with people or training yourself to get comfortable with doing it. And you know what, more importantly, if you don't want to do it, Hire someone who does. You know, there's so many outlets now that you can even like hire a task rabbit, you know, and they'll go out and solicit for you nowadays. But I would say, you know, being a go-getter, going in front of people. Now I like to host events. So that's kind of my thing. And I had something to offer leasing communities and apartment communities because they wanted to attract different um, residents say, "Hey, we're the we're the next pop in um, leasing place to live in. You want to live here because we do a lot of residents um, events. And so I would go in and give the leasing community a lot of dog content. I would I would fill them up with their dog guru me. And I'm like, you know what? Don't worry about the dog stuff. I'll take care of that for you. So if it was, you know, monthly prevention stuff or hosting events for them, I made sure that they saw that this was going to be a beneficial relationship." that we would fully entertain um, the residents. And they loved it, you know? They were like, yeah, we, are, we got our go-to person. We got Natasha, they're gonna come in, they're gonna take care of our community. And you know what? I'm gonna start selling for her. I'm gonna start putting her flyers in our welcome packets. I'm gonna start mentioning her in our client portal. I'm gonna start, you know, sending everyone her way because I showed them that it was a beneficial relationship and I was gonna be there for them, like they would be there for me.
1: Yeah, and certainly uh, the acting classes have paid off for you, because you're...
2: uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it it works, right? If I can pinpoint something, I'm like, do an improv class, you know, improv is awesome, because it just makes you, you know, kind of go with it. But even acting, you know, but again, I would even say what's something long term, when you think about scaling, if you don't have those attributes and you were like you know what i am not going to go talk to that client pay someone who will that is going to be the best solution because at the end of the day you don't want to be there anyway you know you want to scale it you want to you want to walk away you want to travel if that's your goal so hire someone who'll do it
1: yeah and and it's funny because i think a lot of people when you've got experience with hr tend to be hire people like them but you know in your case like you said, if you're an introvert and you don't want to do that, you need to hire someone that's the opposite of you, mm-hmm. um, you know, and being able to deal with hiring someone that, you know, you may not be in sync with, <laughs> you know, in terms of personality, but yeah, um, that's something I think people um, tend to miss, you know, when they, when they are hiring and scaling. So how about, the infrastructure? Because you know some of the things you have in your business and we'll talk about in a bit, but how did you set up the infrastructure to ensure that you could grow? Uh, not just mm-hmm. from the hiring aspect, but some of the other uh, back-end type stuff.
2: Yeah, so process and procedure. I know we hear it every single day and sometimes it just sounds like two words. But when you have a process and procedure, there's a purpose of it, you know, there's a purpose for it. So if I'm going to sit there and write out how I do business and, you know, the style that we want, you need to stand by it. So let's start off with just talking about the very basic of the service agreement. There's so many sitters I know who all, we all have a service agreement. But then you'll hear, oh, but well, what should I do with this? And what should I do with that? And I say, oh, well, where's your Bible? <laughs> That's your service agreement. <laughs> you want to make sure you outline your service agreement to exactly how you would do something. So we all can read, right? If I want to just open up a service agreement and I'm like, what should I do in this situation? What should I do if this happens? I'm going to open up my service agreement and that is going to be your outline of how you do business. So Basically get the service agreement designed how you want to have a lawyer, check it out and make sure it's legal. If you're not familiar with how to write contracts or how to read contracts, but then you can also make it even easier. So I have a list from one to 10 in my service agreement from keys to staff, to vacations, to holidays, to lockouts, to how many dogs you walk in a pack walk to, you know, when we, when we respect, expect you to pay your bill. I mean, it is so far outlined for the client and so far outlined to anyone on our staff, whether it be a manager or a sub that this is, this is the Bible, (laughs) you know, this is how we're going to do it. And so if I'm out of town or if I can't be reached, our staff is like, you know, we don't need her because why we know where to go. We know that our service agreement is going to outline exactly what she'd want and exactly what we promised the client, right? That's what they signed. And that's what you're going to stand by. So If you're gonna write out a service agreement, please stick with your service agreement, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Don't say, oh, well this time, you know, I'll let it slide or this time I'll, you know, do something else. You're gonna hate yourself later if you go off of your service agreement. You're going to experience burnout because you're taking on more than you bargained for and you're not standing for what you said you stand for, right, so that's how you build that trust. Um, Going outside of the service agreement, anything that you have to say it should be on paper. Right? So I, what I do is I will go through like all of our client emails or all of our, um, questions in our app. And I will make sure that anything a client has ever asked us or anything we've ever had to say or on the phone, it's in writing somewhere, right? Because no one knows what's going on in our brains. <laughs> so where I could be on a conference call and it's just natural flowing, someone could say, how did you do that? You know, how did you just get the client to sign up that easily? And I think it's natural because that's me, but you have to have a script. So a phone script, what to say when you first answer the phone, what to do when you first take on a new client, what your walkers should do, how they should act, how they should dress, what they should do in every situation, how to clean poop up properly, (laughs) right? (laughs) how to take care of a puppy properly. Everything needs to be written out. And if you have a team, so um, before I went on my vacation, I had everything already written out, but I wanted to go a step further and make it video. Cause I know like, this is the trend now is going to video. So I start putting everything on video because I'm like, if they don't want to read it, then put it on video. <laughs> so um, make, everything that's in your brain, put it down on paper. And
1: yeah. then
2: once you do stick with it, don't go off of it. You're going to hate <laughs> yourself. If you go off of it, stay on it, stay on it. You can keep saying that.
1: Well, and I think that's great advice, especially, you know, in the place where you are, where you are stepping away from the business from time to time, you know, it's, well, Natasha said this, and as opposed to your manager or one of your dog walkers, and and it does lead to miscommunication. So Mm -hmm. having that in writing ensures the consistency that this message is consistent with what you are you know, wanting to convey to the customer. So
2: absolutely. And then once you do get staff, you know, you've hired this person, you trust them, you went through the vetting process with them and people want to grow in their businesses. People want to grow with the company they work for. So a big strength that we do is we cross train everybody on everything. Anyone in our team can do anything that we do. They can answer the phones, they can market, they can dog walk they can send out new client information, you know, we cross train, and our staff really appreciate it because they feel like they can grow with us, you know, if they wanted to open up their own company in the years to come, they have the information to do so and, you know, we support it. We want to see growth from us through our team, you know, right now what we're doing is we're branching off into more territories and our team that we've been able to groom are going to run their own entities in their areas. (laughs) So train them, you know, don't say, I got to do it all. I got to do it all. And, you know, my husband, he called me out early years. You know, I I was like, I have this business, you know, I'm feeling good. He's like, you don't have a business. And I'm like, what? I have a company. Yes, I do. He's like, no, you don't. Because you allow your clients to call you. You allow them to talk to you at any time. You allow them to, you know, think that you're going to be the person that'll come over there. And I'm like, well, my girlfriends will call me at nine o'clock at night and, you know, tell me about their drama. At least my clients are paying me to do this, right? And he's like, no, 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 no. You don't have a company. So keep your business hours. (laughs) Keep the way you're going to do things and just stand by it. I know we get into a deep relationship and we get deeply connected into our families because they are part of our family but you do have to have boundaries and you know what your clients are going to respect you for, for having that. But, um, if you're trying to scale cross train your people, Oh, can't say it enough. <laughs> <laughs> they want to just ask and say, Hey, have you thought about doing, you know, some marketing or some, you know, flyer research? And they're like, yeah, I'm already in the buildings anyway. Why not? You know, give them flyers while I'm there, you know, why not talk to people while I'm there and you know, you can give them incentive to do that too, but that's how you're going to see growth.
1: Yeah. So one of the things I think that helps you run it more smoother and, and you do have your business hours on your website, you have other things, but you also have an app where I think that kind of takes things out of the hands of the sitter where they're texting them directly. And, it, you know, it, it's more controlled through, you know, the company in that respect.
2: Yeah. So anytime you can scale, you want to have as many programs or software that can can streamline for you. So when a client books online, they book a meet and greet, they can already get 50% of our forms just by booking online. And when you're in competition with some of these tech companies, you want to be right there with them. You know, you want to be that still that family-based business where you can get a real person, you know, if you wanted to, but you can still compete with the larger dogs who are rolling out the tech and you can roll it out too. Um, and we hear right now with just client research that clients want something easy. You know, we're very busy. We don't have time to kind of go through this contact us, you know, newsfeed and then wait for a phone call. I'm like, yo, am I going to get a walker or no? You know, Am I going to get somebody? So they don't know us. They don't don't know what we're about. So let them see that the way that you sign up with us is going to be the way that we're going to service you. So streamline that online process. (laughs) We are 100% paperless. We don't have any paper at all. We don't need it from our GPS reports to our pictures to our contracts through our employee write-ups if we needed to do that through um our employee procedures we don't have any paper at all
1: That's great and that's I mean I'm my company's basically paperless as well and Isn't I, it awesome? It is incredible. <laughs> you know, um you know some of the software stuff I do need to kind of get into the uh you know the 2010s cuz I think you know as an industry our software is kind of outdated for, um, you know, what, like you said, what the clients are expecting. They are expecting much easier when, you know, you're talking Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and stuff like that. They just want to go on their phone, do it now, you know? So, um, you know, and I think a lot of the software that we see in the industry today is, you know, not really up to snuff when it comes to that. Um, Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, quite frankly, Rover and Wag and some of those others, you know, do well and they're a tech company, you know, but um, just as much as they are a pet sitting or dog walking company. So one of the other things you use, um, and I actually heard this on different podcasts, was the use of extensive use of lock boxes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: because anyone who has a pet sitting business <laughs> knows kind of managing keys can be a bit of a nightmare. Um, yeah. so what's the process you use as far as selling this to the customer and do your customers really have an issue with using lock boxes?
2: For sure. So we don't even have to sell it to the customer. Um, it's, it's just part of our process. It's in our service agreement. It's how we do business. So it's no, you know is can I not use this or can you keep the key Um, if I were going to have to sell it obviously it's a security feature you don't want to have a walker sitter walking around with your house key just readily available so the key is on site it's at their house it's always there Um, if we have a snowstorm or a rainstorm or a walker gets a flat tire you know what there's no downtime we can continue the promise that we set out in our time window that someone's going to arrive on time and we don't have to go through key swapping and where are you where are you (laughs) you know how can I get this key you just say you know what I switched it on the app go on to the house the key is there um and it's awesome 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 you know having that key system is like in my brain I'm like how can I have as very little process as possible (laughs) like how can we have as you know when walkers are thinking about what to do and the key is just one of those extra pieces that is very unnecessary the lockbox is amazing you know the the max cost is 13 dollars. i know a bunch of sitters will make the client pay for it and the client's even happy to do that too they know they live in a house they're like yeah put a lockbox out there my cleaning lady can use it you know if the kids come home after school they get locked out we have a box there you know our walker can use it so different sitters will you know have the client um, pay for it and just have the key on site it's really that simple Um, our company we do pay for it and we've 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 kind of played around with the thought of allowing the client to do so but because we're so airtight we try to keep it that way so we feel that liability is just better that we own manage and operate our boxes there's no oh my husband didn't put the key back, sorry. Or, you know, this person had it last, that person had it last. We know exactly who's in the box and it's our own team, our own staff that we can ensure, bond and be responsible for. So there's no, there's no key there. Oh, it's there because we put it back. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously we know the last person who was in the house. Um, and we do in our service agreement, if the dog's not on site, if we can't get keys, if for any reason that we cannot get to the client, we do charge them for not being able to get to them so the key would be one of those reasons so why would I put in place something as easy as the owner could fight with me saying no you guys didn't return the key and I'm like no you didn't return the key you know it just kind of gives that extra battle with the client that's just unnecessary so and I couldn't even hold up my service agreement if I allowed the client an option to take the key out because I really don't have any proof to say who's the last person who had it I don't know no idea, so that's why we own operating managers, and it's been working out great
1: yeah, definitely. takes away kind of the he said she said aspect, yeah it, it, the keys where you're really controlling you know that process, so one of the things um now you're in washington d c and mm-hmm. you know that's one, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the areas where they've adopted $15 an hour minimum wage. It's going into effect next year, but they've been ramping up probably pretty much the life of your business. Right. So, Mm -hmm. How's that impacted your business as far as financially, but also attracting good help, you know?
2: Yeah. So we've never had that issue. I strongly believe in paying properly and allowing people to provide, you know, living, So we do pay living wage in our area for our company because your staff is your bread and butter. You know, for me, even before the client, my team is my first priority. So making sure that they are healthy and they can pay their bills and they're comfortable, you know, we always paid above the 15 (laughs) minimum wage. Um, Because we are in the city and we do a heavily pack walks. We are able to still see the, the profit margins between paying hourly wages we pay. So our highest sitter right now could be making up to $18 an hour. And we are still compensated because that walker could be also walking three dogs at a time. So they're living comfortably, but we're still able to operate and pay business costs and operating expenses and anything else we need. So we were kind of above the curve on the minimum wage. I think, you know, just as a teenager working back in the day, I didn't like saying that I make minimum wage. <laughs> <So> <laughs> right. I kind of just feel like I treat the team how I want to be treated. And, you know, minimum wage was never an option for us. We, we've always paid a living wage. Um, and you can do that when you're paying by the hour and you're path walking. Now, some of the suburbs, obviously, is going to be harder. You can't really do that because you're driving. So you do want to, you know, look at your percentages of what you're willing to, you know, pay your staff versus pay, um, pay to, to operate. So it's a little different in that way, the pay per dog system or the, um, or the pay per hour system.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of touched on it as far as um, treating people right and paying them well. But what are some of your other secrets to getting good dog walkers that will... Stay with you and do a good job.
2: Honesty. (laughs) Be honest. You know our walkers are all full time. They work typically ten to four every day. But someone who's looking to make eight hours a day, this would not be the place for them because our team is working typically six. So in your hiring ad, you want to be very transparent. You know you're going to be outside in rain. You're going to be outside in hail. You know we are going to be out there doing all kinds of stuff. So in your hiring ad, you want to be very clear on what you're looking for even us you know i hate when people call out so i'm like we need someone who is willing to go to bat for our dogs and it kind of says that in a hiring right we need someone willing to go to bat for our dogs through sleep hail snow and on sick days (laughs) so obviously we have employees so you know we're everyone's entitled to their sick days but you know the dog still has to go out um and you know people solicit to veterans or you know stay-at-home moms. college kids, people who are supplementing income, you know, there's a huge entrepreneur market out here now. So we have a lot of photographers um, and freelance workers who are doing other things, but they're saying, yeah, I got, you know, an extra four hours in the day. I got an extra six hours in the day. So put your hiring ad as honest as you can possibly make it, if not even more transparent. So people know exactly what they're getting into. Um, Also in our hiring process, I make them write a paragraph about their love notes <laughs> so i want to see can you love a dog and talk to, talk about it after because we know that we can get all these people who are dog lovers dog lovers all day but they tend to leave out some details <laughs> so you want to make sure you know i say in one of our hiring questions is um you just walked fido the pug for 30 minutes please give us a four sentence paragraph on how the walk went and if someone responds back well great walk well you know what Natasha's a little bit type A, and she likes a lot of details, so that might not be the person, <laughs> right? But I sometimes get people who take pride in their hiring and their resumes, and they'll send us back a long list of the details. And I'm like, you know what? That'd probably be a good fit, and so we won't ride their coattail, and they don't ride ours because we found our fit. And just that's just a small detail of your hiring process don't take any of those things for granted because you're going to train them and you're going to invest time in them so you want to make sure it's right and you can ask those pre questions to kind of you know filter it out and you know even on our first day of hire we don't go sit down at a coffee shop we do not go to an office this is a dog walking job hey meet me out in the field come to one of our luxury buildings and meet us in the lobby and we'll take you out for a dog walk with us you're not going to go in the client's house You're just going to meet us in the lobby and we'll walk together. And I want to see how you act. I want to see your demeanor. You know, is this something you'd want to do? You know, so I tell them, come out with us. We'll give you a quick glimpse of what it looks like. And if it works out and you like what you see, we'll go from there. So you're giving them that equal interview respect.
1: I, I think that is a great tip for anybody that's hiring dog walkers is yeah, it, it's a working interview in essence. Um, so I, I love that idea. So one of the things and you've mentioned, Hey, we're 10 to four. Um, you made the business decision this year to drop your overnights, drop your cat sitting, <laughs> drop your pet sitting and really focus and uh, solely on dog walking and despite this, you're actually on track to make more than you did last year. So, you know, why did you make the switch? And what are you doing that now it's like, hey, I'm going to make more money in 2019 than I did in 2018?
2: So I would say, um, take your fears and make it your strengths, right? So I think some sitters are like, Oh, we can't compete with some of these tech companies. Well, guess what? These tech companies are hiring just dog walkers, (laughs) right? They're the Ubers and they're just, hey, get me a walker. And I don't meet this person, right? I don't know who's coming. They could send me 10 different people in the same month, right? So all these things that you're putting in your brain of why you can't succeed, other people are succeeding so the reason why we decided to drop so our cats were huge because we have a lot of cats in our buildings and we love them but they were the single visits that we go in with the cat and it was just the cat only and that did require a lot of our nights weekends and holidays so the only time we saw cats were on weekends and holidays. And so being in this kind of lifestyle company that we're trying to promote for us, we want a full around lifestyle for the client and for the employees. So sleepovers were the hardest drop. I mean, Jesus, we know that boarding (laughs) is like, even right now going into the 4th of July weekend, you know, you could see money signs, but then you're like, you know what? I need to see healthy signs. I need to see lifestyle signs. And, you know, as I told you before, my husband and I used to do the sleepovers ourselves in the beginning. So that was one of our like true baby hearts. Like we love sleepovers. That's when we get to have the dogs in our beds with us and on the couch with us. We really bond. Um, But we knew that nights, holidays, and weekends, we did not want anymore. And even though we'd asked for 120% of our walkers in the weekday, they really had no time to recuperate because these are the same people who are doing the sleepovers. These are the same people who are working on the weekends. Um, And although you can hire more people who only work weekends and only work holidays, we just felt this pride in ourselves to say, you know what? We don't work nights, we don't work weekends, and we don't work holidays. (laughs) And people are like, sign me up for that company. So it was a huge hit. I mean, we lost a huge percentage by dropping the sleepovers, but it was a big like value and overall lifestyle and as you know anything you specialize in anything that you hone down and become a boutique about and you're the expert in that field you start to see the money come back so this year we you know dropped down on social media we kicked it in gear on our marketing and so because we're now specialists in one field we've saw the revenue come back and you know I'm like look at you god doing it again <laughs> so and now I just feel really proud that I'm like, great. You know, we're finally, we got the lifestyle in check. We got the process in check. So again, that all comes back to that game plan, asking yourself, what is it that really matters to you? Is it the money? Is it the sanity? Is it the lifestyle? Is it, you know, ask ask yourself, what is it? And for me, no nights, no holidays, no weekends. I'm a mom now. I have, I have a husband. You know. So you, what, you know, what are you going to choose? So. You know, that was important for us. And, and offer the same thing to our team. We don't want them to do anything we wouldn't do. And we were proud to say that.
1: Yeah, and lifestyle and maintaining that balance is something that has come across quite a number of times. So one of the things you did, you, you got an RV. And, yeah. <laughs> and you're traveling around the country. So, so this city girl, you know, is traveling around the country in an RV talk about that because I I think that's even more fascinating than some of the stuff we talked about today. Yeah,
2: so um, part of starting the dog industry is like you kind of come from this lifestyle of like fast cars, fast life that I was living in before. But then being a dog walker, I could totally minnow down. So I was like a full blown minimalist in just the way I acted, the way we bought things, the way we purchased, the way we lived our lives, right? The dog don't care how my hair looks, you know, (laughs) if I have full makeup on that day. So I really was rocking leggings all day. So our life really turned around to experiences. We no longer had to purchase possessions to to hold that, that, that status that we used to live in. So doing the dog walking also allowed us to become minimalist and part of being a minimalist for us is we wanted to experience things with our family. And the goal for us was to travel the world. So we were like this year, 2019, we wanna travel. We want to you know, make memories together. If, if I drop dead today or tomorrow, I want my daughter to see these videos of all the things that we did together. So um, we left uh, late November last year. We went to Cartagena, Colombia, and we started there. We went to Dominican Republic. And then we came home for the holidays. I have a stepdaughter, too. We came home for the holidays for her. And I just was on Instagram. And I start seeing all these hashtags for RV renovations, RV renovations. And I was like, I kind of was following the tiny house community for a while, too. So I was like, "This is kind of cool. We should just get an RV." And my husband's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we we'll have to go buy an RV." So I went on Craigslist. I found one for super cheap, maybe like five thousand dollars, I think. And we renovated it. It was so fun. And we put our trip on hold for about four months to do a full renovation, but it was worth it. You know, it was. It brought me closer. My dad helped us, so I got to see my dad almost every single day, which is another plus because <laughs> he was our handy guy. Um, but we're still on the road. We're still doing international travel. We'll be in um, Europe for three weeks. My husband turns to the big 40. So he wanted to do the Amsterdam, the Greece, you know, the the full Italy, Spain thing. And then we're going to be in Southeast Asia, at the end of this year to finalize our 2019 trips, because I've been wanting to see Thailand for a long time. So that'll be this year. And then we're going to just keep it going, taking it around the world for the next part of 2020. So um, it I this is awesome. Like that, that was my goal. I just wanted to be free. remember I was this girl like trapped in in the car dealer all day, all night. I worked holidays. I worked weekends. Um, when people were out at barbecues, I was waiting on someone to buy a car or to finish up their banking paperwork. And I just saw clearly what I didn't want to do in my next go around.
1: (laughs) Well, you mentioned 2020. That's not the only thing that I know you got going on for 2020. I, I kind of recall seeing a franchise 2020 hashtag.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on? What's the future of walk with Renzo and Ruby?
2: So 2020, we are going to start franchising. So we're either going to do the franchise model or we're going to just have a lot of, um, like, because right now our current staff run different entities. We're also in Maryland. And since Virginia is so close, we're moving over to Virginia um, next month. So right now we have our own employees operating those facilities. But we really want to get back. A lot of my old guys in the car dealership, You know, they asked to be investors with us and they asked, you know, how can we get in? How can we help you? You know, you live in the same journey that we're living. (laughs) So we're pulling back to them and probably going to franchise and let them jump in. And let them take different territories. I'd love to get over there to Philly where you are. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, once you're there, of
1: dogs up here. So. <laughs> I know, right?
2: It's right. Like like we have like over three hundred walkers in our area. Like there's just enough for all of us. Absolutely. But um once you kind of get your plan together and you got your systems and the, the the last thing to do is just keep expanding it, keep pushing it on. So um, that's what we're gonna do. If I can get back to Florida that's, that's in my site. If I can move it through um, to Texas where my stepdaughter is, that's in our sites too. So 2020 is going to be all about expanding and, you know, whoever wants to join the Walk with Renzo and Ruby team, give us a shout. Love to put you group. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> we will definitely put that in there. So, I, I mean, today has been filled with lots of great advice, but what other advice would you give to someone that's looking to grow their business, without having to do all the work themselves yeah earlier but
2: so if they didn't want to do all the work themselves obviously hire um but anyone even starting to get into this business and you know wanting to make sure they really enjoy it and they don't experience that burnout i always say like you got to have the power of no right so that nice to know (laughs) right (laughs) so make sure that you understand that you're in charge you know You started this business, you are smart, you are amazing. You know, you have all the tools to back you. So, if you're ever feeling in doubt or feeling like you know, I'm not sure if I'm going in the right direction, or you know, if you're letting your clients bully you a little bit, you know, you are empowered to take the business in the direction that you want to. And it's not always the same for everybody. Remember, there's tons of us out here, and we all do it differently, but just stick to your boots and stick the way that you want to do it and make sure you say no when it's just not the right
1: fit. That's great advice. I think it's something that most people don't do a lot of because they see dollar signs and they're like, yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, so, hey, so I, I, I feel like, you know, you're, you're an open book. I feel like I know so much <laughs> about you, but tell us something that maybe people don't already know about you. So things
2: somebody will know about me is I am an avid dancer. I have tons of years as a ballroom instructor and dance is my true heart passion. So outside of walking dogs, you might see me walking on the dance floor and I'm a huge party starter. Anyone who sees me out will know that I'm going to be the first person on the dance floor and the last person to get off. (laughs) Um, And I just genuinely want people around me to have a really good time and of course, you know, God first for me, everything that I do, everything that I believe, um, whether it's good or bad, even the bad, I love the bad. Cause I'm like, you know what, God, I know you're working on me. I know you're bringing <laughs> something good. I see what you're doing. So, you know, just, just, I'm a huge faith or spiritual based person and everything happens for a reason. Everything is building us for the next piece. And that journey is just amazing to kind of just watch um come through
1: and that is a great message and hopefully we'll see you on dancing with the stars once uh, oh! you'll <laughs> no.
2: uh, be this famous well, they might actress. want me to like <laughs> you know do a lot of training i don't know if i have that commitment <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> natasha where can people connect with you
2: um they can come to our website obviously walkwithrenzoandruby.com Um, they can connect with me personally on Facebook, Natasha Banyan, or anything social. And if you just have any extra questions or follow up, I'm more than happy to help you. Um, and I just want us all to be great. So you can call me on my personal email, nwobanyan at gmail.com and let's chat.
1: Awesome. We're going to make sure we put all these links up there in the show notes. Natasha, thank you so much for finally, uh, getting on the show. I know it was a few weeks, a few months in the waiting, but it was definitely worth the wait. Thanks very much.
2: Thank you, Dave. I'm honored. Thank you so much.
1: Today's episode was brought to you by the Pet Care Rockstars program. If you're looking to start or grow your pet care business, this program is for you. The Pet Care Rockstars program features downloadable content, including forms, contracts, audio and video tutorials, and much more. In addition, you'll have lifetime access to everything in the Pet Care Rockstars program, along with all future content, which we will be updating on a regular basis. Go to PetCareRockstars.com and click on the Become a Pet Care Rockstar Now link at the top of the page. I hope you'll become a Pet Care Rockstar, and we'll see you on the next episode of Pet Care Rockstars.
0: This has been Pet Care Rockstars with Dave Westwood. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the show so you'll be first to hear new episodes packed with tips and tools for your pet care business. And visit our website at PetCareRockstars.com to find out about the Pet Care Rockstars program. Our all-in-one solution to get you up and running for your pet care business. To join the conversation and access more great content on your favorite social media sites, just search Pet Care Rockstars.